The Gospel of Matthew tells us the beginning of Matthew chapter 5. Now when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. And his disciples came to him, and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And blessed are the merciful, for they will obtain mercy. And blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God. And blessed are the peacemakers, for they'll be called the children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And, and blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and say all sorts of things falsely against you. Rejoice and be glad, for great are your, is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they treated the prophets of old. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city on a hillside can't be hidden. Neither does a man light a candle and then put it under a basket. No, he lights a candle and puts it on a high stand and it gives light to everyone in the room. In that same way, let your light so shine before men that they'll see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Now, don't think that I have come to abolish the law and the prophets. I haven't come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth fade away, not the smallest letter nor the, sing, the smallest stroke of the pen will any way disappear from the law until all has been accomplished. If anyone would set aside one of the least of these commands and teach others to do the same, he will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But if anyone would obey these commands and teach others to do the same, he'll be called great in the kingdom of heaven. I tell you the truth, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will in no way enter the kingdom of heaven. You've heard it said by men of old, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders shall be subject to judgment. But I tell you, anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. And again it says, anyone who would say to his brother, Raka, shall be subject to the Sanhedrin. But I tell you, anyone who says to his brother, you fool, will be in danger of the fires of hell. So if you're at the altar with a gift, and there remember that your brother has something against you, get up and leave your gift there. Go and be reconciled to your brother and then come back and offer your gift. Go quickly and settle matters with your adversary who is taking you to court. 
Go with him while he's still on the way, or he may turn you into the judge. And the judge will turn you into the officer. The officer will throw you into jail. I tell you the truth, you will not get out until you've paid every last cent. You've heard it said to men of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that if a man looks on a woman lustfully, he's already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. It would be better for you to lose a part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. Or if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It would be better for you to lose a part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. You've heard it said that if a man would divorce his wife, he should give her a certificate of divorce. But I tell you that if a man divorces his wife, except for marital unfaithfulness, he makes her the victim of adultery. And any man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery with her. It's also been said, don't neglect your oaths, but keep your vows that you have made to the Lord. But I tell you, don't swear at all. Not by heaven, for it's, it's God's throne. Not by the, the earth, because it's his footstool. Not by Jerusalem, for it's the city of the great king. Don't even swear by your own head, for you cannot even make one hair black or white. Just let your yes be yes and your no be no. Anything more than this comes from the evil one. You've heard it said, eye for eye and tooth for tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If someone would strike you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. Or if someone would sue you to take your shirt, give him your coat as well. Or if someone would force you to walk one mile, go with him a second as well. Give to those that ask of you, and don't turn your back on those that would borrow from you. You've heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those that despitefully use you, that you might become children of your Father in heaven. For he causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good. And he causes the rain to fall on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you greet those and love those that love you, what reward shall you have? Don't even the tax collectors do that? And if you greet those that greet you, what have you done that's so special? Don't even the pagans do that? So be perfect as God is perfect. And when you do your acts of righteousness, be careful not to do them before men to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So, when you give to the needy, don't announce it like, with trumpets like the hypocrites do in the synagogues or on the street corners to be honored by men. I tell you the truth, they receive the reward in full. But when you give, 
Don't even let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your, your giving will be in secret. Then your heavenly Father that sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand up and pray in the synagogues and in the marketplace to be honored by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room and close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And, and don't keep babbling like the pagans do, for they think they'll be heard for their many words. Your Father knows what you need before you even start praying. Therefore, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive others when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you also. But if you do not forgive others when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will not forgive you also. And when you fast, don't look all somber as the hypocrites do, for they contort their faces so that men will see that they're fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received the reward already. But when you fast, wash your face and anoint your head with oil so it won't be obvious to men that you're fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And don't gather for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal. Instead, gather for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and rust can't destroy and thieves can't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Your eye is the lamp of your body. If your, your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is not healthy, then your whole body will be full of darkness. If the light then within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? You cannot serve two masters. You'll either love the one and hate the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So don't, don't worry about your life saying, well, what should we eat and what should we drink? Or about your body saying, what should we wear? Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow, sow nor, nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your father feeds them. And aren't you worth more than many of these? And which one of you, by worrying, can add one hour to the span of his life? And why do you worry about clothes? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. 
They neither spin nor toil. But I tell you the truth, not even Solomon in all of his glory was dressed like one of these. Now, if that's the way God dresses the, the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown in the fire, will he not much more clothe you, oh, you little faith? So don't worry about your life, what you'll eat, what you'll drink, what you'll wear. For the pagans run after all this stuff, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. So don't worry about tomorrow. Let tomorrow worry about itself. Today has enough problems of its own. And do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you too will be judged. And with the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you also. Why do you stare at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and completely ignore the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, here, let me help you with that speck in your eye when all the time you have a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First remove the plank from your eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Don't, don't give the dogs what is sacred. And don't throw your pearls to the swine, because if you do, they may trample them underfoot and then turn to tear you to pieces. Ask, and you will receive. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who not, or seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, <clears throat> knocks, the door will be opened. Now, which one of you, if your son asks you for a loaf of bread, would give him a stone? Or if he asks you for a fish, would give him a snake? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask Him? Therefore, in everything, do unto others as you'd have them do to you. For this is the fulfillment of the law and the prophets. Make every effort to enter through the narrow gate. For Broad is the gate, and wide is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow is the path that leads to life, but very few find it. And beware of false prophets, for they come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruit. Do you pick grapes from a thorn bush or figs from a thistle? In the same way, a good tree bears good fruit. A bad tree bears bad fruit. A bad tree cannot bear good fruit and a good tree cannot bear bad fruit. Therefore, every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown in the fire. So you will recognize them 
by their fruit. Not everybody who says to me, Lord, Lord, on that day will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who do the will of my Father in heaven. Many will come to me and say, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and work many miracles? I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Be gone, evildoers. Therefore, any person who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice will be like a wise builder who built his house on a rock. The rains came down and the floodwaters rose and the wind beat against that house, but it stood because it was built on a rock. But any person that hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rains came down, the floodwaters rose, the wind beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. And when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not like their teachers of the law. Jesus knew that uh, there were only two, just two possibilities or reactions two possible reactions that could come from those who heard his words, who heard his teaching. And that would include those of us who have heard his words today. Just two possibilities. Possibility number one, those who heard his words would do what they heard. Possibility number two, those who heard his words would not do what they heard. Those are the possibilities that, that Jesus gave as he concluded what we call the Sermon on the Mount, maybe the most famous sermon ever. Just two possibilities, he said. Only two. Not, not 1A and 2A and 2B, maybe a C thrown in, or maybe in all of the above. No, just two possibilities. So let, let's just take a minute this morning, a moment for, for you and me to examine our lives in light of the teaching of Jesus that we've just heard, the truth of his word. Do we or will we find ourselves listed among the wise? who do what he says or among the foolish who have their foundation of sand. You know, I believe that depends this morning on how we respond to the authority of Jesus' words, to the authority of Jesus' teaching that Matthew wrote about. 
Now, there have been a, a lot of other well-known people, a lot of other famous people besides Jesus, who have, who have said things that have stuck around for a while. They've said things that, that seem to have had authority. Take, for example, some, some examples of that from our own American history. How about these words written by Thomas Jefferson? We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, and that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. There's a measure of authority there, isn't there? And what about the words of Abraham Lincoln, who, in my opinion, might be the greatest of Americans? When he said on that day at Gettysburg, the world will little note nor long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. It is for us, the living, rather to be dedicated to the unfinished work which they who fought here have thus far so nobly advanced. It is rather for us to be here dedicated to the great task remaining before us that from these honored dead we take, un, we take increased devotion for which they gave their last full measure of devotion. And that we here highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain, that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom. And that government of the people and by the people and for the people shall not perish from the earth. There's a measure of authority in those words. What about another great American, Martin Luther King Jr., when he famously said, I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that for my little children, one day they will live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream. There's definitely a measure of authority in those words. Those words, they have power. They, they have authority, authority that's derived from not the position of the person who said them so much as the moral truth that's behind those words. The moral truth that inspired them. Now, when we listen to Jesus' teaching in the Sermon on the Mount, a lot of those famous sayings, you've heard that it was said, but I say to you, and turn the other cheek, and don't worry, and seek the kingdom of God above all else. When we hear those kind of things, there, there is definitely an authority that, that, that comes behind them. In fact, there's this, the highest degree of moral authority that you can think of behind those words. But Jesus' words are not words like any other words. They're not just words from a famous, important person. And they're more than just inspired by something that's truthful. Jesus' words are the truth. 
So again, the question is, how do we respond to what Jesus said? How are you living today in response to the truth of Jesus? I want to give you a brief proposition this morning. A brief proposition based in Jesus' words and his life. Here's the proposition. If we recognize and submit to his authority, we will gain true stability for our lives. If we recognize and submit to Jesus' authority, we will gain true stability. So are any of you here today tired of seeing your sandcastles get swept away? Seeing things that you've built up in your life just get washed away? If you recognize and submit to the authority of Jesus Christ, the everlasting Son of God, you can have true stability in your life. A firm foundation. And you can also have this, unmatched power in your life. Power to stand up. Power by the grace of God to stand up when everything else around you is fallen down and fallen apart. Power to, to live for God and to live for others when the world just bombards you and sometimes attractively so, but foolishly tells you to seek things for yourself instead of seeking God and living for others. Where do we get this power? Where do we get that stability? Where do we get that authority in our lives? Where do we get what's necessary to live up to, or really not live up to, but live out the truth of what we just heard from Jesus? We get it from the one who preached those words himself when we surrender our lives to him and then rely on him completely. That's the truth. May it be so. Lord, I, I thank you today for the, the words that you delivered no doubt many times to your listeners when you, when you walked on this earth. And I thank you for the, the incredible power that's there that calls us out of selfish living, that calls us out of, of living that, uh, that does not lead to the kingdom of heaven. But Lord, today I, I know that most of us have heard these words before and and we think they're good. Most of us here would, would say, yes, those are true, but, you know, in reality, it's just nice 
good stuff and but it's not something that really can be lived on a day-to-day basis and I pray that you would come today Lord in the power of your spirit and help us reject that lie from our enemy you didn't just say those words to have them be thought of as nice you said those words because of who you are and because of what you can do in our lives and if we submit ourselves to you recognize who you are and give you the authority in our lives Lord by the power of you living in us we can we can lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven that will never pass away instead of always investing and running after things that are here today and gone tomorrow. We can, Lord, learn to forgive even those who've hurt us the most. We can, Lord, learn to to live in such a way that we don't don't look at, at other people and look at other things and think of them in a selfish way but instead how can we have things and give them away to bless others and help others and Lord if we submit to you and rely on you when the heaviest times come and when things are the darkest and the toughest craziest and we don't see how we're going to be able to stand up under it we can rely on you and you Lord can bring us through anything so Lord I pray today that we would see that you are the one constant strength and that living out the Sermon on the Mount is not a matter of keeping rules but it's a matter of recognizing who you are and giving ourselves to you. And I pray that you'll help us to do so. And those with an open heart to the Lord said, Amen. Amen. May it be so. Amen. If you are a guest with us, we are so glad that you've uh, chosen to join us this morning. We have a gift for you. It's right behind this wall in the back. You can just see uh, the wonderful people that are behind that wall, and they're going to they're gonna hook you up. We hope that you've had a wonderful time with your, your family this week, a, a great time of, uh, of sharing and, and being thankful around a table and around a TV and wherever you were. Uh, this, uh, this Advent season, this Christmas season, we have a chance to really get out and love people, to serve people. And some of you guys have been a part of that already. Uh, one of the ways you can do that is sponsoring a child. Uh, we have Angel Tree uh, kids that we want to sponsor this season. There are 11 of these left. Does anybody want to take and sponsor Jaden's newborn baby boy? Right here. Thank you so much. Now there are 10 more of those that are right there to the table. The, the serve table to your right, you can pick those up. We actually had two that were taken that no one, uh, we didn't find out who took those. Uh, the names are Trince and Tamaya. If you grab those, you can swing by the table and just let us know that you have those. That will be great as well. Another way you can help out by serving others, uh, the Windfern Apartments that are, are just down the street here. 
We're going to be delivering some toys to some kids that are there. There's going to be a box that is uh, beautifully decorated next week. Uh, if you want to just drop uh, a toy in there uh, next week, that will be a great way that you can help others. We're going to do, uh, on the 16th, we're going to be at CAM. We're going to be at Montrose. We're going to do some exciting things there. Last week, we had the Turkey Bowl. It was a great, it was big, even bigger than last year. Uh, it was even better. Uh, and of course, uh, with the Turkey Bowl, there was a winner. And uh, Pastor Garen uh, was the winner. And his team, yep. Yep. Uh, I think uh, he took many uh, Epsom salt baths after this picture. Uh, he, he did have a touchdown, I, I heard. And uh, he also had a face plant. Uh, and uh, with the winner, there, there has to be a, a loser. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, yeah. He was, I, I kind of think he was trying to do his best Maroney impress, uh, impersonation there from the, the Olympics. But there are no losers with Jesus. We're all winners in the Lord. Yeah, that's what losers say. <laughs> but uh, if you like that picture, it might be available on Facebook uh, today. I'm just saying. Today, we have heard the word of the Lord spoken. We have... We have received it. Now, let us go out and live it out every single day of our lives. Go in peace, my friends.